Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Pastor and Mrs. E uh, are away. They'll, they'll be back uh, this week. So... The person I'm about to introduce, uh, I've known for a lot of years, and when I first met him, he was like this long-haired soccer guy, and uh, he was crazy, but he was crazy enough to trust Jesus, and he was crazy enough to go on the mission field many times with me, and I have to tell you that he's, he's an incredible, I've, I've watched him go from, from this guy who just was like a nerd to a man of God who cares so desperately for the lost and for his Jesus. So this morning, it is a great honor and a great privilege for me to introduce just an incredible servant. He has served me, he served on the mission field, and I'm sure he served all of you at one point or another. Would you welcome Jacob Johnson? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Renard. I called this from the wilderness to the promise. How do I cross over? All right. Um, so we, as I mentioned, Pastor shared out of Joshua 1, and God's just telling them, listen, Moses is gone. They've gone through their, their mourning period, and, and now it's time. Now it's time. You're going to go take the land, be strong and courageous. You're going to take the land, be very strong and very courageous. You're going to take the land... Be strong and courageous, right? And um, so Joshua tells his guys, all right, listen, we're going to get ready. Go throughout the camp. Tell them that we're going to go to the Jordan. We're going to cross over. Um, and then Joshua 3, um, it starts with this. I'm going to read uh, from the top. And I'm going to read in the NIV just because I like it a little bit. It's a little bit easier to read sometimes. So Joshua 3 says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out um, from Shitham and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. 
crossing over. Crossing over, I got the command, I'm crossing over. So I want to talk a little bit, just for a quick second, about the wilderness, right? Because they go over and, and they set up camp on the one side of the Jordan. And, and that's kind of their current place. You think about the nation of Israel, they've been in this season, at least this group of people, for the last 40-ish years. Their entire life, they've known the wilderness, right? Because God said, he brought them out of Egypt and the Israelites did what the Israelites do <laughs> sometimes. And uh, God has them wander around the wilderness in a trip that should have taken maybe a couple weeks at most, ends up taking 40 years and an entire generation has to go off. So this, this group that's getting ready to cross the Jordan, they, they only know the wilderness. That's their current place. They, they hear of this promised land that they've been promised by God and Moses told them about and, and Joshua's told them about and now they're getting ready to cross over. But they find themselves in quite a situation, right? They're in, they're in a place of transition. They're, they're moving from, um, from the wilderness into the new promised land for this generation that God said he'll show it to. So God is remaining faithful to the promise that he gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as well as Moses, that the Israelites would inherit this land. So I want you to know that even though the previous generation didn't get in, Israel still receives the promise. Israel still receives the promise. So they set up there. The Israelites are now in a place looking at a promise, but they don't know how to get there, right? So I want to I wanna ask, what's your current place? Where are you at today? Are you sick of where you are, dissatisfied, walking around the same mountains, this kind of status quo, is what it is, you know? How's it going? Okay, so far, right? Wanting to get ahead, how do I get ahead in this life? What do I do trying to climb the corporate ladder or the, the social ladder or the social media ladder or I wanna be, I wanna do, I wanna go, I wanna, I thought I, ha I had so much planned I just can't get ahead, right? And sometimes, sometimes that wilderness place is just a place where, listen, I'm here. This is where I am. I've been walking around the wilderness with my nation here, and God's been faithful. God provided manna. God brought the birds. They had, they had you know, they were able to eat. They were able to drink. They were sustained through the wilderness, so maybe it's a place where God's just remained faithful and true and has revealed things to your life, but you're not sure how to get there, but now he's calling you out to what's next. God was faithful to Israel in the wilderness. So again, the Israelites are in a place looking at a promise. They don't know how to get there. And God says to, God says to them, the, the ark is going to go up. The Levites are going to carry the ark. It's going to go before you. So follow the ark. Keep your distance consecrate or sanctify yourself today, and tomorrow God's going to do something amazing. I want to talk to you about following the ark. The ark, is the, the ark of the covenant represents the presence of God. We must follow the presence of God. We have to follow the spirit of God, right? It says here, verse 4, uh, Joshua 3, verse 4, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. He says, you haven't, you haven't been this way before. You gotta follow me. You haven't been this way before. You haven't been this way before. And I read that, I heard that, and I said, what? 
I've never been where I am before. How do I get to that next thing? I don't know how to get there. God says, follow the ark because you haven't been this way before. Church, we haven't been this way before, right? I thought to myself, what do you mean, God? But it's, it's, it's a season of change. Pastor's been talking about, he said the, the word for the year was seasons of change, right? He had shared before they, before they left him on vacation that seasons of change. In order to cross over, we need to do things maybe a little bit differently than we have before because we haven't passed this way before. It's uncharted territory. The news always says it's unprecedented times, right? Pastor mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Everything is, it's unprecedented times. It's unprecedented times. And, you know, sometimes there's hyperbole and stuff, but, yeah, we've never gone through some of this stuff before the way that we have. And, and hopefully what seems to be, like, maybe a little bit of a post-COVID world, trying to figure out what that looks like. We just took an offering for the Ukraine because the world is going crazy. We've never been this way before. But in the same regard for the big picture stuff, right, we all individually haven't been in the same place where we are currently before. If we're following the ark and we're, we're, we're if you've got air in your lungs, God still has a purpose for you. He still has a promise for you. He still has things he wants to do in your life. And I think what we do is we say, how do I get there? Well, we've never been this way before. I've never been a dad to an almost four-year-old before. I mean, I've seen dads be dads to four-year-olds before, but I've never been a dad to a four-year-old or an eight-month-old that looks exactly like you. It's like looking in a mirror. I've never done this before. I've never been a husband for this long. I've never been a, a son for this long. I've never been an employee for this long. You're, uh, you're, I've never been an employer. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been this way before. So what do we do? God says keep your distance, about 2,000 2, cubits, right? So don't get too far ahead of yourself or of God. Keep proper proximity to the ark. Previously, God led Israel with with the smoke and a pillar of fire, right? Smoke by day, pillar of fire by night. It's a change of season. He says, follow the ark now, right? I'm not going to lead you the way I did before. I need you to follow the ark now. So have you, have you ever taken, now, I have little people, so I will preface it with this. But you take these little toys and you just try to cram them all in the box and then they've got all their little pieces and it's the square hole and the, and the circle thing and the, you got to jam them all in there. Sometimes what we try to do with God is we just try to like jam everything that we want done in our lives. I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to be successful and I want to, whatever, climb the ladder and whatever, uh, whatever industry you're in, right? I want to be successful. I want to make an impact. I want to do these things. I want to be used by God. I'm going to just go and do it. But we can't force it. Following God should activate faith in our lives as we allow or as we follow the ark toward the crossing point. But we must trust that God is leading us. We have to allow ourselves to be led. Can you imagine if the nation of Israel was just like, cool, we'll follow the ark. And just went completely the other way. DJ and Carl, like, he just walked out of frame. <laughs> no, right? Follow the ark. Don't do it your own way. What does that look like? Our job is to prepare ourselves. What do you mean, Jake? Verse 5, Joshua 3, verse 5, Joshua told the people, 
Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. If we want to live in the amazing, if we want to live in the crossing over, if we want to be in that space, we need to prepare ourselves. Yes, buddy. That's my son, if you heard him. You have to prepare yourself, because God, God can, can bring everything to you, but if you're not ready, you're going to miss it. you got to stand in the batter's box. you got to put your cleats on. Sports guy, sorry. Long hair, right? The soccer, yeah. Still a part of me. you got to be ready. you got to be ready to be in the game. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Prepare yourselves for God to do the wondrous among us. We prepare ourselves... But God does the amazing. See that? We can't force it. We prepare ourselves, and God will do the amazing. That's what verse 5 says. We can do the okay in our own power. We can jam all the stuff in our life that we can. Everything that I wanted, I have it. Listen, at the end of the day, you're going to be tired. That yoke is way too heavy. Jesus said his yoke is easy. His burden is light. The Spirit of God is light. When you're walking in the Spirit, it's light. You can do all the work in the world, but when you're powered by the Spirit of God, it's light. When you try to do things in your own power, man, that's heavy. Man, that makes me tired. And you know what? I'm going to be dissatisfied in it because it's not really what I should be doing. So we have to follow the ark. Um, We have to let God lead, right? So let God lead. I instantly think of Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. The NIV says that um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. This idea of wanting and lacking, right? What we, well, it's common that when we are looking for God's breakthrough or fulfillment in our life or fulfillment of his promise, something that we know that God's spoken to us. I know he's calling me to do this thing. How am I going to do this thing? We can oftentimes try to do it on our own terms, and we can jump the gun, and we can try to force God's hand. Striving in our own power to try and fulfill only what God can complete will lead us tired, drained, and still in the same place. You haven't crossed over. You're just trying to do it in your own way. We're afraid of lack. Why do we do that? We're afraid of lack. We're afraid of not doing all that God's called us to do. We're afraid of not having enough, what? Money in the bank, food on the table, wisdom to lead our families, wisdom to make the right business decision, wisdom to make the right, you know, decision on what box of cereal do I buy. Make it as as tiny as you want to make it. We end up being concerned that we're going to miss out on something sometimes because, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to lack out. I don't want to, but God says, the psalmist says, I shall not want. I shall not lack because God leaves, leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I won't lack because God's my provider. Jesus even doubles down on this idea of God being shepherd in, in John 10. And, and what he says, and I'll paraphrase it kind of, he, he, he talks about the doorkeeper for the shepherd and he says, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Kind of like what Pastor Renard preached about a couple weeks ago. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. They don't know the stranger's voice. They don't listen to the stranger, but they know the shepherd and they follow the shepherd's voice. Hmm, Lord, that I would follow your voice, that I would be a good sheep. I don't want to be a bad sheep. I want to be a good sheep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be a good sheep. I want to follow what the shepherd says. 
Yes, sir, let's go. I want to know your voice. We can't lead properly in our own lives without first following God. John in chapter 3 says, I must decrease and he must increase, right? So, so you get to this point where you're following God. Okay, we're on it. Let's go. Now, the nation of Israel comes up on the Jordan River. And uh, the Jordan River, uh, Joshua says to the priest, all right, guys, it's time to go. They put the ark up. They go on ahead. Um, and, the, and the ark goes forward. And the Lord says to Joshua in, chapter, in verse 7, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you've reached the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. All right, let's follow the Ark. You guys are the Levites, the priests with the Ark. You're going to stand in the river, and then we'll go. So Joshua, in the next verses, he says, all right, this is what God said. Let's go do this. They get their game plan, break, huddle. They start going out. Verse 14 says, so when the people broke camp, that was good, right? Break camp, break Okay. So when the people broke camp to the cross of Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Here's something. Verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage during all harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the waters from upstream stopped flowing. And it piles up over near the city and it kind of goes into this details of what that looked like. But first, I want to tell you that they're crossing over during harvest time. Can I just say they're crossing over during the harvest? Can I just tell you, church, when you cross over, you might be crossing over into a season of harvest. The Israelites are going into a place they've never been before. They sent scouts out. They know the report. They've got the whole thing. They haven't done anything in that land, and they're going in during the season of harvest. Listen, the plates are going to be full when they get there. The victory is going to be there when you get there. Will you trust God to get there? I'm getting ahead of myself. I just love the idea that they're crossing over during the harvest. Um, in verse 17, Joshua 3, verse 17 says, The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So the Israelites arrive at the Jordan's edge while following the Ark, and it's flooded. We just said that. The water level is raised, so now what? Right? So not only is it harvest, I kind of got ahead of my notes a little bit, but now it's flooded. God says they're going to go, but it's flooded. What's the worst case scenario when trying to cross a river? That it's flooded? It'd be really nice if there was like, you know, I don't know if there's beavers or something over there. Maybe they made a little dam, maybe a bridge. Yeah, that would be really nice. No, they pull up on the Jordan and it's flooded. It's not enough that the nation of Israel has to get across the Jordan, but, it has, but it's the harvest season and the rivers flooded its banks. God does what only God can do. They can't do that in their own power. They could take all the Levites and grab their two-by-fours or plywood. I don't know if they, have, they would have had something like plywood. Take them a long time to make some anyway. Try to dam up the river themselves. No, God does what only God can do. The second the Levites enter the river, the water splits. They have a path. God provides a path. So how do we cross over? The Israelites entered into the Jordan, a river, and crossed over to the other side. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of baptism. Look at that. We enter into the kingdom through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
We can't enter ourselves because of our sin. Easter's coming. Like TJ said with that video, Easter's coming, just saying. You can't enter into the kingdom by yourself. I know a lot of people want to say, you can, you can do it and get wherever you want to go and do it your own way. No, I'm sorry. It's just not the way. Jesus, was the, Jesus is the living sacrifice. He's the way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. All that call on me will be saved. Paul would say it this way, writing about baptism, right? In Romans 6, um, from verse 3, it says, this is Paul writing, and he says, Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, Though the glory uh, through the glory of the Father, we too may have, uh, we too may live a new life. For if we have been uh, uh, united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. That's the path, man. That's the path. It's through Jesus. Listen, if you're not living with Jesus this morning, I want to tell you it's the best way to go. It's the only way to get to heaven. It's the only way to get where you want to go. There's, there's eternal promise, and there's also now promise. God will make a path when he does go. God wants to do things here and now in your life, but it begins with entering into Jesus' death and following him in the new life that is found through Jesus' resurrection. It's, it's, just, it's just another shadow, just another, another facet of the Old Testament. Why, why would they go through the Jordan? There was other ways to go in. They sent spies other ways. I don't think the spies were crossing over the Jordan. It doesn't say that. There, there were other ways to go. God says, no, follow the ark. The ark is the presence of God. The ark enters into the water. Jesus entered into death, and the Israelites can cross over. So now that we can cross over through Jesus' death into the promised land. Right? Right? So they cross over. The entire nation of Israel crosses over. And now they're on the other side. So now what happens, right? God does this amazing thing. We've been talking about seasons of change. God does amazing things in our lives and things begin to change, things begin to shift. Now what? We have 30 years of testimonies of miracles in these mountains. Now what? Joshua 4 starts and Joshua's just like, guys, listen. Go get a bunch of rocks, one of each of you from the tribes. So he takes, picks 12 guys, says, go get rocks from the river where the guys are, uh, where the Levites are, excuse me. And they go, they get the rocks, they each get a rock, they come out of the river. And uh, let's go Joshua 4, uh, verse 14. It says, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come out of the Jordan. So Joshua tells the priests, come out of the river. They come out, and as, as the priests come out of the river, the river fills back up, it floods its banks, and the Jordan is back to its previous state prior to them crossing over. Verse 19, it says, on the tenth day of the first month of the people, uh, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho, which is on the other side from where they, where they had crossed. And Joshua set up Gilgal and took the 12 stones and, that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, 
Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan River what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Let's go get some stones. This awesome thing has just happened. Go get some stones. God wants us to do something with these stones. We have to remember to remember. That sounds silly. We have to remember to remember. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We have to remember to remember. Joshua says to the Israelites, go get 12 rocks. We're going to build up an altar here so that way whenever we come back here, whenever, whenever your descendants, could be your kids, could be your kids' kids, could be your kids' 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 kids, they'll know that God did something here. Listen, what we're building here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, I will just say it. It's generational. It's building. There once was not a place here. Pastor Renard talked about how uh, last week, right, we went, you know, it was kind of in some, maybe some other church's basements, then the pastor's house, and Pastor Bob comes, and we've got Dunraven, and it's beautiful, and we come to Main Street, and now we've got this. We can see that God is doing something here in this place. Church, what you're building here, where you, how you give, how you serve, what you do, it's making a difference, not just for the next generation, and not just for your generation, but for the generations and the generations and the generations to come. That God would say that he wants a people here in the Catskills. That he wants a people here in the Catskills. Remember to remember, God tells Joshua to have them grab rocks, to make an altar so the nation of Israel can remember what God did, to, did that day for the generation to come. The testimony will live and will be remembered. The history will be honored, and the call is the same. The call is the same. The call is the same throughout all of Israel's lifetime to this point, through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then Moses and now Joshua. The call remained the same. The, the faithfulness of God remained the same. Church, the faithfulness of God remains the same even during the change of seasons. You hear change of seasons, you're like, hey, I don't want anything to change. I like it, kind of. No, the call remains the same. The call remains the same. It's just going to be a little different. It's just going to be a little different. It's just going to be what's next. It's just going to be that next level of breakthrough. In chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4, verse 14, God says to Joshua, um, let me just read again, that, that, the day of the Lord, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him and the days of, all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Listen, when God moves you through into your next season, he will give you the opportunity for elevation. And I'm not talking more money in your bank account. I'm not talking, I mean, maybe I am. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe you can, you know, you've been faithful with a little. God will give you more, you know? Maybe God will give you more so you can partner with missionaries or, or do some crazy fundraising outreach thing. Maybe. But maybe God will elevate you just to increase his presence on your job or at home or in the grocery store, or be ready for elevation, church, for you personally, that God is going to give you opportunities 
to share your faith. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So what do we do in seasons of change? How do we cross over? How do we leave the wilderness in our lives just as Israel left the wilderness after 40 years? We remain close to the presence of God just as the Israelites followed the ark. We prepare ourselves today for God to do the amazing. For God to do only what he can do. The breakthrough is coming. It's coming. The breakthrough, the revival in the hearts of his people, salvation for the lost, healing for the sick, wholeness to the broken, all the land that is promised to you. Again, not that God hasn't been faithful. Not that those things have not already happened. But they're still happening. Even in this time. Even in all of what's going on in the world. It's still happening. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Cross the Jordan. Enter in with Jesus. Enter in with Jesus and cross over to the other side. God's going to do what he does. We must prepare and be ready to cross over when it's time. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Cats Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Cats Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Inglehart and everyone here at Cats Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Jonathan signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.